Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 44, Breakthrough with Brig. Let's begin. Okay, sometimes I just like want to get into it. Today is one of those days. I want to talk about one of the emotions that I see my clients having the most difficult time with. It's almost like it's taboo. Like this emotion cannot happen. Almost to the point of, remember I did that series on the angry black woman? Like we cannot be angry as black women. There's another emotion that we don't necessarily allow ourselves to feel fully. And that emotion is desire. Yeah. Think about it. Desire, like all out desire. When's the last time you allowed yourself to really desired something? Something other than a piece of candy, a cake, a meal, a dress, but like a goal, an impossible goal a position, a title, a vacation? Like when's the last time you actually literally leaned all the way in to desire? No safety net, just desired it. If you're like me and most of my clients, notice we always kind of leave a little bit back. Sometimes we don't even allow ourselves to desire it. We'll say we want it, but not like, "Mm, yeah, if it happens, fine. If it doesn't, fine. We literally would just buffer ourselves from allowing ourselves to truly desire a thing. I started thinking about that. And I'm like, Why do we do this as women of color? It's like, it's one of those rare emotions that we don't cultivate and desire like any other emotion is up for us to cultivate, just like love, just like happiness, just like success, just like adequacy and worthiness. It is our job to cultivate it. But there is no way most of us is going to cultivate desiring something. And so I got really curious about that. And so one of the things that I saw was desire or success expectancy. I found a formula for desire. It's called expectancy value theory. It was 
developed by Vroom in 1964, the year I was born. So it was a good year. And he described the expectancy value theory as something that was motivated, like our expectancy value theory was motivated by two things. And they were how probable it is that what we wanted was going to happen, like the expectancy of it and the value of the thing that we wanted, okay? Like how much we wanted it, how much we desired it, the value of it. Here's the deal. It later became like motivation was. So motivation is the value of the thing times our expectancy of that thing actually happening. Okay, but it was derived from the expectancy value theory. I wanted to give him his props, Vroom, 1964. Okay, so our desire or the motivation to want to desire something is based on how valuable it is to us. And for most of us, the thing that we would, if we wanted to allow ourselves to desire is really valuable. But the problem is, is our expectancy of it is very low. So therefore, if our expectancy of a thing is zero to one, but the value of it is like a 50, it still ends up that our motivation for doing it or our desire for doing it is zero because our expectancy is zero or very, very low. And so I got curious as to like, why is our expectancy low? And what I came up with is our conditioning, of course, right? Like, think about it. We are products of the soup or the socioeconomic conditions we were brought up in. Not only us, but our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our great-great-great-great-grandparents. I know I belabor this point, but I really want to help us to understand why we think the way we think. Desire was shunned because if we desired a better life, that meant we went north. And if we tried to escape, to go north, nine times out of 10, it was faced with certain pearl, right? And they didn't just capture us and kill us on the spot, but they made a point to make it very visible so that we all got the message. Don't desire more than what we got right now. Desire became something that would get us killed. Desiring more food, desiring a better work schedule, desiring you to leave me alone became something that would get us killed. So of course, we became adapted to being grateful for what we had. And we became adapted to 
not growing bigger than our bridges. We became adapted to being thankful for where we were. Like, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you with, right? 1970 song. Like, from generation to generation, that then became a moral concept. And you can understand why it did. If when we ran away, we may face danger, of course, then don't desire a better life. So then it just got handed on generation to generation. Be content, be grateful for where you are right now. And it almost became this moral thing of to want more was actually morally wrong. Be grateful for where you are, for what you have. But we have to understand the context as a people as to why we have shunned desire within our culture. Why we think you getting too big for your britches when you want to go to live in the suburbs or get the bigger house or get the better car. In her groundbreaking book, From Slave Cabins, to the White House, Dr. Caritha Mitchell talked about Black success. Our success was always triggered and followed by white violence. It wasn't us staying under the radar that triggered white violence against us. As long as we stayed in our lane, right? As long as we weren't successful, as long as we didn't desire more, we were safe. It was our success that brought on white violence. Think of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre, 1921. Look, if we were in slave cabins and outhouses and wasn't doing anything, there wouldn't have been a reason to wreak havoc on Tulsa. It was because we were the Black Wall Street. It was our success that brought on the violence. So therefore, don't desire more because when we desire more, that's when we're in peril, we're in danger. And our culture has taught us that from a socioeconomic position throughout our lifespans. So of course, our mothers, our grandmothers, our fathers, our uncles, our brothers have always said, what's wrong with the job you got? How come you're not happy with what you have? You think you better because it has been embedded in us to not desire. So therefore, that expectation, like our ability to create has always been thwarted. Did I say that word right? (laughs) I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. It has always been dimmed because we've been taught that we really can't create. So if we think our expectations, our expectancy of our ability to create whatever it is we want, if that has been thwarted through our conditioning, of course, our desire is low. If also the fact that we even desire something and it's met with peril or danger, even when we get it, of course, we don't desire. 
And if we have at some point just decided because it is our history to make it a moral thing, that to desire more means you're greedy, then of course, this feeling of desire, this feeling of wanting more, this feeling of having an intense wanting for something else is met with so much unfamiliarity in our bodies, in our brain. It's not welcomed. It is something that we are faced with and that we have to go uphill with because of our history. And it totally makes sense. But as always, I want to say in 2021, do we want to go back and look at those stories and thank our ancestors for all the bullshit that they put up with? And do we now want to learn how to cultivate feeling, wanting more, and being okay with that? Being proud to want more and not making it a moral thing. Just because I want more doesn't mean I'm ungrateful for what I have right now. Those two things are not synonymous. Wanting more and being grateful for where I am can coexist simultaneously. Want to know how I know that? Because if I am not content as a single woman, and yet I want to be married, if I am not thoroughly content as a single woman, I know I won't be a content married person. So me wanting to be married has nothing to do with the fact that I am not content and grateful and happy as I am right now. I can be happy single and still want more. Matter of fact, I think that will be the reason why I have a happy marriage. Because I learned how to be single. Now I am content. So therefore, I am creating from fullness from abundance. Now, the more I thought about this, the more I realized there was yet something else that was blocking us for fully leaning into this thing called desire. I want to talk about that next week. So I'm going to leave you guys with where we are because I want to keep these podcasts short, but I just want you to be curious to like, When's the last time you really allowed yourself to really desire something like no strings attached? And why haven't you? Why do you feel uncomfortable feeling desire? Why is it a safety issue? I can tell you why. Because to desire more for us in the soup that we have swam in, meant certain pearl. And to desire more and to receive it meant possibly a flashback or a feedback of know your place, of white violence, of danger. There's a third reason. We have not 
tied into our ability to create. We've been taught that we need other people's permission. Someone else has to give us the leeway. They have to open up the door. They have to give us a pat on the back in order for us to get what it is we want so we don't fully own that expectancy. Motivation equals the value, what we really want, how much we really want it, times the expectation of our ability to make it happen. For most of us, that's the thing that's low. Not that we don't value it. So when people tell you you're not hungry enough, you already know I've said this before. That I call bullshit on. You can desire something. Because you don't have it doesn't mean you're not hungry enough. Nine times out of 10, it's because your expectation of it is low. And I want to know why. And I want you to think about that. And next week, we'll talk about the other reason why desire is an uncomfortable feeling for us to sit in. And hey, listen, if you guys are really enjoying the podcast, please leave me a review, right? I want to get this message out to other people. If you think this will be helpful to other queens, other people to hear this point of view, please write me a review, okay? We're coming up on 10,000 downloads. We will be there in the next three weeks. I am so excited. I haven't decided what I'm going to do for it yet, but I am excited, but I want more people to know about. If you're enjoying this podcast, leave a review. And don't forget, our bi-monthly masterclasses are still in effect. Go to BrickJohnson.com. Look for the tab or the link on the page that says masterclass. Look at the schedule. You'll see the upcoming ones. All right. Until next time, guys. Talk soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to BrickJohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com. B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.